From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. Um, we have a very exciting second hour full of insights for you. This is Ali Siadatan sitting in for Richard Surratt, who is in Greece. Be sure to go on my website, thinkagainproductions.com. You can watch the documentary UFOs, Angels and Gods, which presents a biblical perspective into the UFO phenomenon, the chariots of Elohim. How do the ancient chariots of the Bible, the gods of the nations, the angels, the modern UFO phenomenon, the giants of old, the hybrids of today in the middle of the entire saga, the lamb and the lion, how does it all come together to form a single narrative, a single story from the cradle of civilization to the second coming of the Messiah, we may be headed into an age of deception that will involve these beings that may rally the nations into a great cosmic war that is ahead of us. So be sure to sign up for the newsletter and join, hop in on our series on the book of Revelation that is happening right now, Revelations from Revelation. You'll get an audio file for every chapter emailed to you and in the comfort of your own home, you can explore this amazing book that takes you virtually into every book of the Bible. 400 verses, 800 references to the rest of the Bible. Tonight we have Rabbi Jonathan Kahn joining us and he is really just opening our minds to this incredible series of convergences that he's begun documenting a prophetic word that he's received surely from God. It seems too incredible for a person to be able to see all of these things unless God himself were to unveil the mystery, starting with Harbinger, the 9-11 and the convergences that say that there's more to this falling of the Twin Towers that meets the eye, and then continuing into his new book, Harbinger 2. Rabbi, please tell us, where can people get these books so they can really read it for themselves? Because this is stuff people have to read to understand. Yeah, and whatever we do, even though, I mean, we are, I am blessed because we are able to get deep, you know, into this in two hours. But whenever we do, there's so much, of course, so much more that we can't touch on. I can give a taste of it. To get the Harbinger 2, it is available everywhere from any bookstore, pretty much everywhere online, from Amazon to every other place, Christian and secular, it's everywhere. If you go online now, you'll be able to see it. And I encourage you again with all these, also the mystery of the Shemitah is there, the original Harbinger is there, and the other books are there as well. But I encourage you not only to get it for yourself, but get it to people who need to know and need to hear. So you can get that anywhere. Wonderful. You can also get it on audiobook, which is something that I've taken advantage of when it came to Harbinger 2, and you can listen to it. And it's always something nice about listening to things. What is the mystery of the potter's field? Okay. To do that, let me speak about, because it's going to link up with the plague. And so and this is in the Harbinger 2, this is in the section of the coming. And the thing is that we, we said that with the mystery of Jeremiah, when Jeremiah spoke about the judgment, and it was in the 19th year, he said he spoke about a plague coming on the land. And we saw same exact thing with America, that the template points to 2020. And you have not only the plague, the plague is actually numbered by that number of judgment, 19, the 19-year mystery. So with the plague, Notice a few things. When the plague came, when Jeremiah spoke about it, it came specifically to the place where the nation had sacrificed its children. 
Now, here's the question. America has sacrificed, as I said, not thousands. We have sacrificed millions of unborn children, literally 60 million unborn children. What's the center of this? Where's the center of abortion in America? The center is New York State and specifically New York City. Abortion was led, actually, the, you know, for America to go into this, it was New York that led America into abortion. And that became then the abortion capital of America. And so notice something. When the plague came to America, it struck specifically one place more than any other. In fact, it was something like, I'm just speaking kind of randomly here, but like 20, 30, 40% was focusing on New York. I mean, of all play, it was, so, so the abortion capital became the play capital. Not only that, but if you remember, a year before this happened, New York passed a gruesome law. It led America even farther to pass this law where it was to kill children up to the time of birth, if you remember it. And the, yes, and the so. governor, Governor Cuomo, ordered that the harbinger, the tower, one of the few remaining harbingers of the nine, to be lit up pink to celebrate this gruesome thing. So when the play came to America, it made headlines. And it made headlines all across America on January 22nd. January 22nd is exactly one year to the date that New York crossed that line and lit up the harbinger. Not only that, January 22nd is the date that the Supreme Court in 1973 legalized the killing of children, of unborn children in America. So it all just, this is a, again, a biblical, a very heavy biblical principle. And so all this converges. So not only it's the date, it's also the place, New York, on top of it, but now the potter's field. When Jeremiah made the prophecy, and you can check it out in the Bible, and I get into this in the Harbinger too, in the chapter called The Plague, he speaks about a particular place called Tophet, or the Valley of Hinnom. And this is the place where Israel killed their children, sacrificed their children. In America, it matches up, it would correspond to New York. And the thing is, he said that the numbers of those who are going to be killed in judgment are going to be so much in this place, linked to Tophet, are going to be so much so that they won't even have room to bury them. Well, the thing is that he said this when he gave the prophecy. He did it at the Potter's Gate, overlooking the Hinnom Valley, which is where this all took place. So it's the Potter's Gate. It's the same time he gave the prophecy of the potter. I won't go into it, but the smashing of the potter's vessel. For those who saw the return in Washington, I was led to do that in Washington at that event. So it's all linked to the potter. Potter's field, potter's gate, potter's, all that, all that. Now, here's the thing. When the play came to New York, which is the American version of this, there were so many people dying that they didn't have room to bury them just like in the prophecy of Jeremiah with the judgment of a nation. So they sent out the unidentified bodies to an island, and the island is called Heart Island, and they buried them there. And the name of the place they buried them was Potter's Field, named after the very place from Jeremiah that Jeremiah gave the prophecy, which then came to pass in New York. Wow, and so this is actually the origins of the potter's field and the story of yeah. Jesus and Judas and all of that. 
Yeah. Uh, wow, incredible, incredible. So the, the, I mean, the convergences are just mind-boggling. There's so many of them. It really goes beyond the realm of coincidence. You know, the one, two, you think it's a coincidence. This is amazing. What is the connection between these things and the biblical jubilee? Okay, in jubilee, and this is this also goes back to the shemitah because you had the seven year the Sabbath thing, and then it adds up to seven times seven. We have forty nine year. The fifty one is the big you know thing, which is the jubilee. Now the jubilee was a blessing. It's every fifty years. It's a blessing. But there's also an aspect of judgment in it, and that is that if you lost your field, you lost your family's possession, you get it back in the year of Jubilee. But there's a judgment aspect, and that is it's also a time of restitution. If somebody took your land in the year of Jubilee, it's taken back from them. If they took something from you, it's taken back. You know, here's the judgment part. America took life. And the thing is, when did abortion really begin in America? Abortion on demand. We know the Supreme Court legalized it in 1973 across the board, but it began in 1970 when just a handful of places, including New York, legalized abortion, and again, on demand. And it happened in 1970, particularly New York. New York led the way for this all this thing. So it was legalized when, 1970. So when is the 50th year of abortion? When is the jubilee of abortion? Well, it's 2020. 2020 when the plague comes back to New York and what was taken life is now taken from you and it's also the time when the generation that legalized abortion is coming to it basically at the end this is the whole generation of 50 years here the thing is that when exactly did New York legalize it well it was on two dates it was April 9th and April 10th they took two votes well when they did a study of when the peak of the plague came on New York they narrowed down two dates, April 9th, April 10th. It was 50 years to the exact date. Wow. So the generation that was responsible for bringing in abortion fell under judgment. And in their youth, they brought in abortion. In their old age, they died from the plague that came in response to their actions. That's what you're saying. It is the principle of Jeremiah, and that's right there in Jeremiah. And not only, and let me say this too, it's not very clearly, and I say this in order, it's not talking about individuals and that individuals are being judged who have COVID, of course not, but it's a civilization. And, and by the way, it's not only America that began, I mean, America led much of the world into abortion. America's one of the leaders of abortion in the entire world. But if you look around the entire world, it's pretty much this generation all over. And notice something about COVID. It particularly struck the old, you know, abortion is a sin of the older against the youngest. Well, COVID was a striking of the older and generally the sparing of the youngest. So it was like the exact opposite of what happened there. So yeah, that is the jubilee of abortion was 2020 when this all hit back uh, the world in America. So I see the shakings continue from the events of 9-11 to the economic woes of the stock market to the plague that comes on the 19th year. And there is more. Um, now, before there is going to be good news, I hope, coming later in, in our conversation, uh, because the, the impression that I get from the biblical uh, God is that uh, it's the God of love. It's the God of second chances, of restorations, of redemption, um, of renewal. And so I assume that, that there is good. But as we're heading to, to, to all of that, let me ask you a question. There is a scripture that you point to as critical for the present moment, what is it? 
It is the, the scripture that God gave to Israel, um, actually on the day that it was consecrated. And he said, he, well, interesting, because, it, well, he, he said to Solomon, he said, and many believers know this, but it's crucial. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So this is, this is a promise given to Israel, of course, but the principles apply. If my people, and, and, and some of the key things here are my people, and that right now would be the people of God within these nations, within America, within Canada, within the, um, who are called by my name will humble themselves and, and pray, seek my face and pray, and turn from there. Repent. See, repentance begins with God's people. Revival begins with God's people. The key is God's people, and the key, and the key word is if. And notice something. Now, people quote that, but they don't realize something. It says the verse before that. What's the context? The verse before that is this. God says, if, he, he says, if I send judgment on the land, and he says specifically, if I send a plague on the land. And so we got the plague. And he says, then it says, if my people. Now, now, interesting, I'll throw in another thing here. That is, not only do we have the plague, but also, you know, one thing, the other thing in that verse before that, it says, if I send locusts. Well, did you know that 2020 was the year of the locust? You know, all over, I mean, all over the world. I mean, it was a biblical proportion. It had not been that way in generation. Never, locusts all over. I mean, all, it was the year of the locusts. So you got the plague, you got the locusts, and then it says famine. Well, well, you know, that's the other thing also was a year of famine as well, but also we're watching the economy break down, and that, that would be the modern equivalent. So you have all these things. If I shake this land, well, we have the shaking. We have all that. But the question is if. And in the Harbinger 2, I get into, you know, the hope, as you said, of individually, what's the hope for each, but also what is the hope for the nation and how actually – God has transformed and changed the history of America, the course of America, based on this scripture more than once. He actually saved, if it wasn't for this scripture and God acting in response to the prayers of his people, there, there would not be America today as we know it. And not only that, it has also happened in our lifetime. I witnessed it, where he changed the history of America and the world based on this scripture. And we can, as we get, you know, we're not going to, of course, do this without the hope part. And we can do that towards the end. But I'll, I can, I will get, you know, I will definitely share what happened. It's very interesting. This idea that, that God has a relationship with us as conscious beings, and he invites us into the unfolding of the creation because we have free will. And as he kind of engages our intelligence, the way that you are doing tonight, uh, pointing to this ancient mystery of the Bible and showing us how it is actually illuminating the events of 9-11 and appealing to our hearts and minds to respond to God in order to change the course of history itself. Um, fascinating, fascinating. Um, for me, it's fascinating, uh, you know, having, having kids, and it, it really does seem like talking to children. Um, and inviting them into into a better path. Um, you wrote another book, uh, which is called The Paradigm. And in that book, you reveal the mystery behind specific leaders and events of our time, 
including the very controversial leader Donald Trump. And and you know he's such a lightning rod. His name is such a lightning rod and divides people. Can you give us an idea uh, about yeah. about that book and how it ties into all of this? Because yeah. it was Trump yeah. came to power in the middle of all of it. Yeah, and actually that has continued after the book, which I can we can go to. So, yeah, the 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 paradigm is that you know not only it's events and things like well, not only you know is it the signs of judgment, but even the people who were there in the in the days of the last days of ancient Israel or the fall of ancient Israel, have, even that is replayed, and there are templates or or archetypes that are actually being fulfilled by modern leaders. Modern leaders have an, have, have an ancient heart type that they're actually fulfilling. And it goes through this whole thing with America, from, the, from Bill Clinton to with Osama bin Laden to, uh, to Hillary Clinton to, uh, to Obama. And there's every single one of them follows the, the archetype, I won't go into the whole thing, of the, these ancient archetypes and not their, their personality, what they do, the events, even the exact dates when they do things, and even with each one, how long they are given to be on the national stage, every single one of them. Well, one of them is from the ancient, uh, from the Bible, is the, is, is linking up with Donald Trump. Donald Trump, the archetype for America, is the man called Jehu. Jehu was raised up when America was, when Israel was falling away from God, and 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 it was and he was raised up unlikely guy i mean totally despite himself is raised up to fight, to hold back the 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 fall of the nation and he he is he is impulsive you know donald trump is impulsive he's a he's not a politician he's a fighter so donald trump he is wild he's unpredictable he's controversial um nobody knows what he, what he's going to do next and the thing is that that and he begins this race to the throne jehu well, Donald Trump begins a race to the throne. And actually, in, in the Bible, it says when they see the chariot being driven by Jehu, they say, well, the driving's like that of Jehu. He drives like a madman. Well, the, the race to the, to, a, to the White House was crazy. And he comes head-to-head with the, I'm talking about Jehu now, the, the former first lady. And, and, and it, it brings the downfall of the former first lady. Well, Donald Trump came head-to-head with the former first lady who was Hillary Clinton. Everybody said Hillary Clinton was going was gonna to wipe out, was going to win. But the, the paradigm said, this is the book, the paradigm that it says that, no, she's going to fall, and the Jehu figure, or Trump, is going to rise. Now, Jehu actually makes a, a, an alliance with the religious conservatives of the land. So did Trump. He, Jehu comes to the capital city with a, with a agenda to drain the swamp. So does Trump. And it actually, Ali, is going to get to where we are now. And actually, since the paradigm came out, it, this mystery has continued past the book. It's, 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 it's foreshadowed in the book, but it even lies behind what happened on January 6th in the Capitol. I know we have a break, but we can get into that, which is foreshadowed in the book, but it happened after the book. It is continuing to this day. Absolutely. We'll get into it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few minutes. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. This is Ali Serratan sitting in for Richard Serrett. We are tonight joined um, by Rabbi Jonathan Kahn from New Jersey. Um, His book, The Harbinger, sold over 2 million copies when it came out. 
and captivated the imagination of an entire generation, including congressmen, senators, top clergy, and and I know I I can see why because if you if you read it, uh, and I recommend that you do, uh, you can buy it on Amazon. Um, it's available everywhere, really. You know, the Harbinger's the foundation, and Harbinger too. You start to see the convergences of how the biblical template is manifesting in the age of America um, at, at a time that is very crucial for world history. Uh, and it's 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 something that um, uh, I think everyone should really look into. So a series of signs um, uh, and warnings appeared uh, some 20 years ago, and they have continued to amplify um, leading us all the way to to the present moment in time. Um, just before the break, um, you were about to tell us about the events on Capitol Hill on January 6th and how that continues to be part of this mystery. Uh, can you share that with us? Yes. Yeah. Now, one of the one of the this is from the paradigm, the book called the paradigm. That is uh, one of the things about it is we said that the link between Trump and Jehu. Now, now, and and note also also that Trump or, or Jehu was a um, he held things back. It was a reprieve, and he wasn't perfect. He was he was a mix, and this whole thing he was unlikely, but he was used to hold back this total flood. You know, he didn't stop it, but he held it back, um, and for a time, you know. Now the thing is that that when Jehu got to the capital city, he he came head to head with the Temple of Baal. The Temple of Baal. This is one of the defining acts of Jehu. His reign begins with it. The Temple of Baal was used to to as we said sacrifice children, and so he comes against it. Well, Trump, you know, was clearly against the killing of children. He was very pro-life. He he sought to defund it. And, and actually, Jehu did that very thing. He defunded the priests of Baal. He cut them off from doing this. Um, and so Trump sought to do that as well. Well, you know, when he came to the Capitol as well. So what happened was when Jehu came to the Capitol, he, he, lit, he destroyed the temple of Baal. Okay. Now, at the, now when Trump when he announced his running, his rise to the presidency, when he announced it, he did in the summer of 2015, um, right after that, it turns out there has been, there actually is a Temple of Baal that has existed from ancient times. From, from ancient times, 2,000 years, from the time of Jesus, time of Messiah. But the thing is that that has stood for 2,000 years, but it's about right after Trump, or this Jehu begins his rise, because the biblical pattern is that Jehu rises, the Temple of Baal falls. When right after he 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 began his rise, the temple, the ancient Temple of Baal, crumbled to the ground. It was destroyed right after. So the the Jehu rises, the temple goes down. Now, now that that was the beginning of Jehu's reign. But now we have with with Trump and 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 what will happen in the next election is another another story but we have a beginning and an end right now and from what has been and the thing is that that could this ancient mystery manifest again well the thing is that Je, again Jehu his rise is linked to the temple of baal could his end be linked to it well it, does america have a a national temple because that was it was it was a temple back then 
in the capital city. So does America have a, a national temple in the capital city? Well, it does. And it is actually the capital building. It's actually called the temple of democracy, the American temple, the, the, te- the people's temple, the people's house. Well, actually, even in the halls of, of the capital, it says America has no temple, but this one, this is the temple. Well, it's always been called that. And actually, the thing is that uh, I won't go into a long thing, but actually part of that temp, part of the Capitol building is actually modeled on the Temple of Baal. I won't go into it, but it's actually modeled. And, and the, the thing is that on January 6th um, actually was the date that, that the Trump administration officially, you know, the vote came in and the, the, sen- the last Senate, the, the vote for the Senate, the government gate w- was given into the hands of the Democrats. And the, all this stuff happened that week. And actually that week, that, that Congress was opened up, not with a prayer to God, but with a prayer to Brahma. Brahma is a pagan god. And or Brahman, you know, Brahman, and and so it was actually for the first time the whole Congress was dedicated to a to a, a pagan god, and and the 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 agenda to kill babies or the agenda of Baal indoctrination of children sexual immorality came into power. So really, kind of linking, kind of going to the end of of you know this Jehoran. Well, the amazing thing, Ali is the same thing from the Bible replays. The beginning of the rise of Jehu, the Jehu's reign, and the end of Jehu's reign. So what happens is, on that day, what happens is, in the Bible, well, actually in the Bible, Jehu calls for, a, for people to come from all over the country to come to the Capitol building. Well, that's exactly what Trump did, or come to the Capitol. That's what Trump did. Jehu, and this is not about politics, but, but here's the biblical template. Jehu then... There has men who are linked to Jehu. They're supporting Jehu. They actually lay, they lay siege to the Capitol building or the Capitol temple. Well, that is what happened on that day. Those who were supporters of Trump laid siege. I'm not, we're not endorsing that, of course. We're not, but they lay siege to the Capitol building. And in the account, it says that when it speaks about those who, who did this, it's, well, let me go before that. The people who were rounded up, the Capitol Police rounded up people who were part of this. And, and of course, they would do more after in the days ahead. But, but that week, they had a number of people that they gave the number of the people they arrested for this thing. And they gave it at 80 people, 80 people linked to the Capitol riots. In the Bible, when you read of the people who, who laid siege to the temple, the, the people of Jehu, it says there were 80 men, 80 people who did it, 80 who did it, everything. And so what it's saying is, and here's the, here's the biblical thing, that if the, when, you see the, the, when you see that thing replay, it is now, it wasn't just the beginning of Jehu's reign, now it's the ending of Trump's, and it means that the reign of Baal, the government of Baal, is now in power. Wow, incredible. Um, you know, I want to just lay kind of the groundwork of where we're going from here. Um, I want to get into, you've told us about the warning uh, to the nation, starting with the United States. I want you to tell us about the hope to the nations as well. Um, you know, when I look at the story of the Bible, it really is one of those happy ending stories uh, where something that is lost is redeemed and restored um, in even a greater beauty than its original state. Uh, so all of this must be taking us somewhere uh, somewhere good. Uh, so I want you to, to open that uh, for us when we come back from, from our next break. And I want to also get into the Middle East. 
um, what is happening with Afghanistan. Um, and we, you know, we, you've mentioned in one of the videos you've released since the book that that it was a prophetic sign. It was so dramatic to see. It looked like uh, as though America was nearly retreating and running away, and it was compared to 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 the departure from Saigon of people running to helicopters and. And getting out, um, and I, I want to ponder that. Now you mentioned the, you know, the um, the rise of Baal. Uh, that is the age that we we have entered since since the end of Trump's uh, presidency, since he represented Jehu uh, and who defeated the the priests of Baal. And now we've come kind of gone backwards. Uh, I wonder if the events in the world, uh, we saw a great war against Israel, um, you know, the, the, from Gaza. Uh, we, we see the, the rise of an Islamic emirate in Afghanistan. All of these things have happened. We see the economy sinking, inflation rising. And, and is, is all of this connected to this shift from, um, you know, the archetype of a Jehu to a, a reign of a Baal? Well, yeah, well, one of the things is that what the paradigm would say, and this converges with the harbinger, is because it's actually both of them, you know, uh, Jehu, you know, what happened with Jehu, that paradigm, and what happened with the harbinger, they're both concerned the northern kingdom of Israel that ultimately lead, led, with, led to judgment. Um, and, the, you know, what it's saying is that at the, you know, that Jehu was used, the, the times of Jehu, again, was used to kind of a reprieve, to hold things back. And that's what happened with Donald Trump. It was, it was a holding back of these forces um, of apostasy, of, of, you know, of actually a war against God. And, it, you know, politically it held it back in many ways, but culturally it continued. So it was kind of like you had this, this, like, this wall of a dam and you had the water pushing against it because without, Ali, without repentance and without revival, there is no hope. The, the hope is revival. But if you don't change that, even if you change the politics, you're not going to change the outcome without revival, without a change of heart. That's the whole warning of the harbingers. And so what happened is that when the Trump, you know, when the Trump era ended, and actually really in many ways ended on January 6th, you know, there was this, there was this explosion from one side and the other side. It was, a, you know, it was manifesting the spiritual uh, warfare that was uh, happening in the in the prophetic realm well it manifested without without explosion in the earthly realm well since then if you notice it it's been you know america has been racing away from god i mean it has been it has accelerated in every way trying to expand abortion trying to uh, you know to cancel out the word of god cancel culture um this warfare uh, you know trans you know what's doing what it's doing to children the war against gender it is it is, yes. and you know what? That is what happened to ancient Israel, and that oh, it headed to judgment. So the pattern is continuing. We will be back um, shortly, and I want to dedicate kind of when we come back from the break, I want to focus on this revival that you're talking about, this spiritual transformation that should happen in the heart of America that could change not only the United States, but the destiny of the whole world as the head of nations, uh, a revival in the head of nations would transform uh, the entire planet. Let's talk about that when we come back from the break. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. Uh, this is Ali Sieratan sitting in for Richard Serrett, who is in Greece 
Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is with us tonight. We were just discussing, you know, these series of judgments that have appeared over the United States. I once read in, in an ancient book of Proverbs that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And when I thought to myself, why would God, you know, demand fear of us? What I found out is that there's two types of fear. There's the fear that is the fear of a servant from, from his master, a servile type of fear. And that is not the fear spoken of in that passage, but it is more the filial fear, the fear that a son has from his father. Because when your dad says, don't put your hand in the plug, and, and if you're too young and he can't explain electricity to you, um, he just says, don't do that. It's because he loves you. And so there's this idea that, that God chastises those whom he loves. So am I to understand, Rabbi, that these judgments that are falling on the United States are in fact the loving uh, rod uh, uh, you know, of a father, of a shepherd that seeks to, to, to do good to his people? Explain, open that up for us. I, what, what's going on? What is the purpose of all of this judgment? Yeah, I would I would say it that you know th there's a fear that that causes you to run away from that thing or separate, and then there's the fear the fear of God it causes you to get closer, <laughs> you know, and and uh, as it yeah it, if you look at 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 the pattern the template it, the whole point is exactly that God is ultimately he, he's the God of mercy judgment is his necessity mercy is his heart. And the necessity being that he must judge evil. You know, just the same way when you had, you know, you had Hitler and Nazism taking over Europe, it would be evil to not oppose that, to not to seek to save. So the Lord must, God has to judge evil. He has to end it. But to end it, that's judgment. You know, but his heart is salvation and mercy. And so that's why when you look at the 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 you know, not only that, you know, the, the template of the harbinger is that, you know, that, you know, here he allows the hedge of the nations, uh, the, the, the nation's protection to be breached so that there'll be shaking so that he can, he can save the nation from the, the destruction that's coming. So it's a, it's, you know, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called A Severe Mercy that, you know, there's mercy, but it's a severe mercy. He has to because there's nothing else that would do it. He sent his prophets, he sent his people to ancient Israel, and they didn't listen. You know, and in America, he sent his word, and in the West, he sent his word, but they're hardening their hearts. So it took that. For most of us who have come to the Lord, who have become born again, who have been saved, it happened by most of us by having some shaking in some way, because that's the only, we're stubborn. It's the only thing that does it. So, yes, it is his mercy that allows that. Um, and, and that is exactly what happened, you know, that, that's exactly with not only nations, but individuals. You know, the, the word for um, to be saved, you know, we look at, well, how, how can we be safe in what's coming and, you know, and, and what's going to come? And, that, and I get the, into that in the Harvard too, what's coming and how to be safe. But, but ultimately, the word for, for, for safety in Hebrew is the word Yeshua, which also is the word for salvation and is the name, basically the name of Jesus. The safety is in him. So ultimately, yeah, the heart of God is for salvation. It, it, judgment comes when there's no other way, but judgment will come. The Bible says that we will stand before him, and each one of us. And if we are not saved, then we have, there's judgment. But God's heart is not judgment. God, God's heart is salvation. So, yes, whether you look at the template, you look at America, you look at nations, um, you look at the end times,
times the end time prophecy and what's coming, or you look in individually where we're heading. We're all appointed to stand. There is a judgment that's coming forever, and that's why Jesus, that's why God so much hates judgment in that sense that he gave his life for us. He took the judgment. That's what Jesus Messiah is all about on the cross. So they'll we're never you know you you see the judgment of God there, but you you also can never see any greater love for you than that. So yes, God is a God ultimately who is crying out, "Be saved." Wow, I see what you're saying. So you're saying that these shakings are a wake up call to a generation that would not hear any other voice. Uh, so, so God is intensifying the way he's reaching into the nation in order to get the attention of people. Um, one thing that I find fascinating about, you know, the Hebrew scriptures, as opposed to the other religious books that I have studied, and, and I think I've studied them all, uh, both those who are used today and the ancient ones that are no longer used, is this prophetic and historical element that ties the narrative of the Bible together, which is a unique dimension of the Bible. It it's points to a future uh, that is absolutely mind-boggling. The idea that the earth is the incubation chamber, the birthplace of the immortal children of God who are to have a destiny in the future of the creation uh, as, as these agents, as these royal priests. And, and so all of this calling back uh, of, of America, um, it, I guess it is to set people back and on this eternal destiny that would be an incredible blessing to them um, and away from paths that, that would bring judgment. Um, that that's what I'm hearing from you. Well, well, yeah, and and you know, it says God is willing that none should perish, and and the call is not only to a nation; it's it's to each of us. Everybody listening to our voices right now, it's to each of us. Um, we know where we're at. We know if we're with God or we're without. And if we're not born again, we need to be saved. And that is the goal. Yeah, it's ultimately the end. If you would, if you you would say the end game is eternity. And you know, nations are not making it to eternity. Nations are for now. But one day, America is going to be gone. All nations will be gone. But we will. We were made eternal. We'll stand before God. And so, yes, this is a warning. So not only whether we live to see the, the you know the judgments that are being warned of here, or we we stand on the day of judgment, it doesn't matter. We have to get right with God, you know. And so this has shown you how real this is. You know, there are people who've read, you know, they read the Harbinger, the Harbinger too, and all. You know, on one hand, there are people who say, "Well, this is scary." You know, on the other hand, there are people who read it and say, "You know what? This is so comforting because it's showing us that everything is under control. He is he is over all these things. It shows you how exactly." All these things have happened, and that there's a reason. Okay. When we there's a come, reason behind our lives, and there's a absolutely. call of God. There's a reason, and our part is to say yes. To say, the Lord is calling. He is calling each of us. Our part is to say yes, Lord. Incredible, Amen. Well, we're going to take one last break, and when we come back, I want to talk about Afghanistan and the Middle East, and how the signs of the harbinger relate to that. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. I am Ali Sieratan sitting in for Richard Serrett tonight. And we are having an amazing conversation uh, with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn from New Jersey. Um, his book, as I was saying, The Harbinger sold over 2 million copies 
and captivated the imagination of an entire generation, starting us out on a series of revelations and signs around the events of 9-11 that continue into COVID, that continue um, into the events of today. You also um, just released a prophetic message on YouTube that reveals a biblical warning behind what recently took place in Afghanistan. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, and and this is going to match up with what I, what I shared about the nineteen year mystery, and that is that that you know, and this, and this is you know, this is not you know, this happened after the Harbinger two came out. Yet it is there. It, the mystery is from the template of the Harbinger playing out. We just saw that happen. As you said, you know, rightly, it was like America retreating. It was like Saigon, and it was a, def- a gigantic defeat. It was a calamity for America. People being killed and people who had stood for America, America withdrawing. It was a disaster. Um, and so a number of things. First of all, in, in the Harbinger, one of the nine Harbingers I didn't mention was the Harbinger of the terrorist. Because when the Assyrians came in, one of the nine, when the Assyrians came in to uh, attack the land at the beginning, they weren't just enemies, they were terrorists. The Assyrians are literally the fathers of terrorism. They invented terrorism. Every terrorist in some way is linked to the Assyrians. When 9-11 took place, it was not just the enemies of America, they were terrorists. It was an attack of terror, just as it was in the ancient template. And not only that, but they actually came from the same place as the ancient Assyrians. They came from the Middle East. Undoubtedly, some of them had the blood of the Assyrians in them as they came. And, you know, the Assyrians carried out that their attack, that first strike, speaking the ancient language of Akkadian. Akkadian is extinct now. But there is one language in the world that is the sister language that still exists. That language is Arabic. So here the terrorists of 9-11 carried out their, their attack in the sister language of the Akkadians, the language of the original ones in the Harbinger in the ancient template. So all that's there. Now, the thing is, now, now America was brought, because of this, was brought into the Middle East, actually to the lands of the Assyrians, you know, Iraq and all that. But the first place that we went to was, you know, to, to, uh, to strike back was Afghanistan. One of the things about the Harbinger, one of the mysteries, is that, the, that and it's right there in Isaiah 9.10, and that is that the people are saying, you know, we're not repenting, we're not coming back to God, but we're going we're gonna to fight this off. We're going we're gonna to build back stronger, come back stronger, rebuild stronger. We're going we're gonna to come back at this. We're going to undo this. We're going to undo. So America said the same thing. We're going to undo this 9-11. We're going to, you know, undo. Well, the first thing we did was to undo it was to go into Afghanistan. And we drove out the, the Taliban. And with it, we drove out al-Qaeda. But the thing is that that has all now collapsed. The thing is that the, what the Harbinger is saying is if you try to beat back the warning of God or the judgment of God without, without repentance, without turning, without coming back to God, what you did to beat it back is going to be all undone. And the first thing was Afghanistan. So it's all going to be undone. So I, for years, I'm looking at this and saying, okay, is this all going to be undone? Is Afghanistan, is it going to, is it going to all crumble? What it did again, is Al-Qaeda coming back? Well, it all happened now. It happened, and the Taliban returned. Everything we did was undone. And Al-Qaeda returned. 
not only Al Qaeda, ISIS, ISIS came in, ISIS came into the picture. It's more dangerous now than it was then because now you've got you've got Iran on the verge of nuclear missiles, and they and they're not averse to giving them to terrorists. You have Pakistan also with nuclear missiles and being radical. You have all these things in that area now, so it's more dangerous for America. And you have the re- one of the signs is when you see the return of the terrorists, you see the undoing because that was the end of Israel. That was the destruction. Well, you have now the return of Al Qaeda. It wasn't just Taliban. The Al Qaeda came back. They were part of the fighting. They were so you have you have the return of the terrorists. But not only that, this is something I was looking at for years is this going to happen and now it did. But not only that, we have that 19 year mystery that it it think it happens in the 19th year or 19 years when you have the undoing. Well, it happened with Israel when the terrorists returned in the 19th year. Well, when did this all begin? When did this, the, the, the undoing of what America did, when did it, when, what you saw just happen, when did it begin? It began when American officials arrived in Qatar to begin talks with the Taliban to give up Afghanistan. And they made a treaty, they began a treaty to give it up. All that you just saw began when they arrived in Qatar. So when did it, when did it happen? The date they arrived was September 11th, it was September 11, 2020. It was 19 years to the exact date. So the exact day, not just the year, the exact day. According to the mystery, that is when it must happen. It all began then. The ancient harbinger, the ominous harbinger of coming things yet to come has appeared and began on the day appointed. Wow. So the victory of Afghanistan is rolled back because it was attained through the spirit of pride rather than through the spirit of repentance. Yes. And that is part of, you know, how this works. Um, It's interesting that I was just reading in the Financial Times on Friday. It says U.S. warns that Islamists in Afghanistan could attack America in six months. That's what the article says in the Financial Times, you know, one of the most important economic newspapers of the world. I took a picture of it because, uh, you know, I was getting ready for, for, for this interview with you. And I thought, oh, this tie, ties right in. U.S. warns that Islamists in Afghanistan could attack America in six months. So if that were to happen, it's really a rolling back because now that takes us all the way back to the original a terrorist attack, which started the whole thing. So that would be yeah, really... Yeah, and, and Ali, I didn't know that. I didn't see that article. That's tremendous. But, you know, with, tying in with this, exactly, because what it's saying is that everything... What the, what the whole thing about Isaiah 9 is, is that everything that happened that Israel did that to, to without repenting, without turning back to God... Everything they did is going to be undone, and the same the warning is for America. The answer is is God. The answer is repentance. The answer is revival. And and without that, it, there is no hope. With that, that is the hope. Yes, I think you you mentioned Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. That deter, that if people humble themselves, if those who are called by God's name humble themselves and turn to God, God will then heal their land. Um, and, and so it seems that the strength that America is looking for doesn't come from its own might, doesn't come from its own prowess, uh, doesn't come from its own military, doesn't come from its own chariots, doesn't come from its economic might, its political influence, its ingenuity. It comes from the foundation, the God of America. That should be the source 
of American revival and continued American power is a return, a national repentance uh, towards the God that made America great. That, I think, is, is the heart of what you're telling us here. That is the only answer, and that is the foundation. Without that, there is no hope for America. With that, that is the answer. And, and again, whatever happened, we've got to pray for that you know, and hope for that. And that is the warning. Right now, America's been racing away from God. We've got to pray for it. That, it's following exactly what the, began in the Harbinger Isaiah 910, exactly that. But you know, the thing is, remember, for everyone listening, listen, it's ultimately you and God. And the same thing as, as what Ali just said, it's that our only hope is also with returning to God. doesn't matter who you are, that's it. It's not anything else. You're not going to. It is only that. He is the only hope. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi Jonathan Khan, for joining us. It was an incredible conversation. Anybody who wants to buy The Harbinger 1 and 2, go to Amazon and order it, read it. It is incredibly comforting to see the hand of God at work on the stage of history. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Ali. Well, Richard will be back from Greece to tell us all about his trip. We look forward to hearing from him. Have an amazing evening and join us next time on The Conspiracy Show. Thank you.